Welcome to a Turn on the Jets digital special presentation. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And with the coaching search in full swing, wanted to talk about the guys from the college ranks and get a bird's eye view from somebody whose job it is, literally, to watch these guys day in and day out and really study what they do as coaches, study the college game and see how they might translate some guys that would be good, some guys that would be bad. And there are a couple of them on the list as possible candidates for the Jets, so when this list came out of candidates, the first person that popped into my head was my next guest. He's a familiar voice to you because if you're listening to Turn on the Jets Digital, you know him from Stick to the Jets, but you probably know him from Stick to Football even more than that with Matt Miller over at Bleacher Report. Connor Rogers. Connor, thanks so much for coming on, man. Oh, no problem, Scott. Thanks for having me, dude. Really excited to talk to you about this because you and I, I think, are on the same page as far as the Jets looking in the college ranks. And so the first name that we heard about when the names started to leak before the season even ended was Jim Harbaugh. Now, it looks like it's probably not going to happen, and there were rumors that he would have wanted full control. Nobody knows for sure what the deal is, but it seems like Harbaugh is going to stay at Michigan. But let's talk a little bit theoretically about this. You and I had a little back and forth on Twitter, and I think that we both agreed that it would be a good hire, but it wasn't the slam dunk that some people thought why do you think that Jim Harbaugh would be a little bit riskier than people think it would be on the surface? I mean, there's a reason, Scott, that this guy made it to a Super Bowl with San Francisco and shortly after essentially burned out of the league. And that's due to relationships in the NFL. I think he wore out the locker room, or at least the majority of the locker room. Uh, he really started to run into disagreements with the front office whether it was ownership decisions or front office decisions, the bottom line is there, the people that employed him, there was friction between them. And Harbaugh's a strong personality. Everyone knows this. He's always been that way. Uh, now, it's probably part of the reason he's found success across multiple levels of coaching football. But I think it's a little different at the college ranks when, let's face it, your star players are there for three years, and then they leave for the NFL. And then the other guys are there for four. And your chances of really wearing thin with those guys is a lot less than in the NFL where you're coaching pro athletes that are making salaries sometimes that are far much more than yours. And they're adults, and they want to make decisions or have a say in things a little more than the young guys at the college level. So I do think the problem with Harbaugh, because there was a lot of good, this is not just to diminish the kind of coaching candidate he would have been, whether it's with the New York Jets or any NFL franchise, especially one with a young quarterback. I think the problem with Harbaugh was really just how long will that personality, you know, work here, especially in what has become one of the toughest media markets across the NFL in New York City, specifically with the Jets job. I think you also have to wonder how he would handle having full control of personnel. That doesn't seem to work all that often, and we have no proof that it would have worked with Harbaugh, right? Yes, without a doubt. I think the thing that's interesting with that is I think any coach at the Jets hire is going to have a very big say in personnel. I think sometimes that gets misconstrued a bit, but when you have full personnel, really the big thing is full control over the the 53-man roster. Uh, that's really what you're looking for. And this is something that a lot this is a good example. A lot of people are asking me why was Jacksonville's GM Caldwell on the list of potential, you know, GMs in the career development program, and that's because he doesn't have control over the 53. So 
that's a big power in the NFL. That really does matter a lot. So he would have had a say, or anyone will have a say in personnel with Mike McCagney. Todd Bowles has had a say in personnel. I don't think people should forget that. He's had a say in a lot of the picks, a lot of the acquisitions. But the matter is, once you get that full control, you're really running the show, and that would have pushed Mike McCagney to the side. I don't know if that's what he would have demanded if the Jets truly did reach out to him, but I think it is kind of one of those safe assumptions. Let's talk about your guy, Matt Campbell, from Iowa State. And I say that because I believe at one point you said you were clearing out your bank account and you were going to spend every penny you had on Matt Campbell's stock. It looked like for a little while he had some traction as a potential head coaching candidate for the Jets. I know you were touting him. Anish Mehta from the Daily News wrote an article about how he was an up-and-comer. The Jets reached out about coming in for an interview and he said he wasn't interested. So it looks like he's off the table. But tell me a little bit about why you thought Campbell would have been a good candidate for the Jets. Well, I think he's very similar to a guy we're going to talk about later in Matt Rule, where when you look at Campbell, he's someone that's the CEO of the football team. He's not necessarily this offensive specialist, although his offenses have been very good, especially in this modern era of football, a guy that understands how to develop the passing game through the running game. But outside of that, Campbell is a guy that discipline relating to his players. They're one of the least penalized teams. This is how you really know a guy has a disciplined football team and understands the locker room. They're one of the most least penalized teams across college football and gave up some of, you know, we're in the top of turning the ball over the fewest amount of times, too. This is all in 2017 because I started talking about Campbell very early on in this season, and I'll be curious to see how they finish statistically this year. But ball security, and just the problem with the Jets is they've been the exact opposite for years under top balls. They turn the ball over. They're penalized nonstop right at the top of the league. Campbell's teams have always fought against that, and this is a guy that has a really good staff. The defense has done a nice job. I, people might not remember this, but a couple of years ago, in Pat Mahomes' final college, final college season, the only game that he looked even human was against Iowa State's defense because they were a defense with speed and physicality that understood how to stop a spread offense. And we've seen NFL passing attacks trend that way with hurry-up, spread attacks. I think Iowa State's defense has shown a job to be able to contain that. So Campbell is someone that has full control over the entire team. He's taken a lot of two- and three-star kind of recruits and developed them into above-average starters. I mean, you look at David Montgomery, he was somebody that was really a three-star athlete. He played quarterback in high school. Now he's the best running back in college football and will be the best running back prospect in this draft. So, And there's a lot of examples like that, whether it is a guy like Hakeem Butler, their star receiver that no one was talking about over summer. Maybe as a seventh rounder or UDFA, he's going to go in the top three rounds now. So Campbell has taken the talent and, and you know, to, you know, to put it like this, the old saying, you, you know, can you make chicken salad out of chicken you-know-what? Campbell's done that a lot, and it's not to criticize the kind of recruits that Iowa State gets, but the fact of the matter is, Iowa State's not getting the same guys Alabama and Clemson are, and he's made the most out of that. And he did it at Toledo, too, but his job before Iowa State. So a candidate I really like, a candidate is that it's just so well-respected amongst players, amongst everybody that's, you know, really hired him. But at the end of the day, I think New York just wasn't for him. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. 
They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Another guy that is very well respected and sounds a lot like Matt Campbell, as you brought up before, is Matt Rule, who is the head coach over at Baylor. He's a guy that was very successful at Temple as well. He's somebody whose name has been tossed out there. We haven't heard any official word on the Jets trying to interview him. Have you heard anything about the Jets reaching out, and what would you think about Rule as a potential candidate? Yeah, I do think the Jets are interested here. Rule was on vacation in Mexico, or might even still be. So an interview would not happen until you know mid to later next week. Looking in that kind of January ninth uh, to eleventh kind of time frame, I think with Rule, if he has interest. Now, I decide that he would if the Jets do put in a formal request for him, which I expect them to. I think he'd have interest. He's a guy that's from New York City. He interviewed with the Colts last year, and I heard that interview went pretty well. It's just a matter they don't wasn't sure if he was ready to take over an NFL franchise yet. People across the league rave about this guy. They they feel like he's the next you know true CEO of an NFL franchise. His time is coming, and you'd always rather be a year early than a year too late. And I think that's what this offseason is going to be for Matt Rule. There's a lot of teams that might be a little nervous about hiring him now because you're selling somebody that was at Baylor, and Baylor isn't what it once was. It's been a very, very you know tumultuous and, and struggling program for a little bit now. He took over a Baylor team that was decimated, and they went 1-11 and last year, and now this year they went 7-6. and That's a tremendous turnaround in the second year for Matt Rule without even his recruits yet. So it's interesting when you look at him in that regard. He, he kind of reminds me of, what Scott Frost at Nebraska is going to be in a couple years, that's Matt Rule now, where he's getting those NFL looks. He was a great coach at Temple. His last two seasons, he went a combined 20-7 and at Temple of all places. So, And when he acquired that program, it, it was really struggling. He, he went in and he got his guys. He put in a system in place there. And when you look at Rule, the experience over the last 20 years, what makes him special. He's coached defensive lines. He's been in a quarterback room. He's been in a calling plays. He's coached every single position group of the offense, and really almost the same for the defense, even with a hand in special teams at times. And he's had a cup of coffee in the NFL where he was an assistant coach for the New York Giants in 2012, you know, where he's from. He's from New York. Once again, just to reiterate that, when you look at all these guys denying interviews at the, you know, from the college level or at the NFL front office level, I think this is one that truly would get through. I think Rule would take this interview, and I do expect it to happen. It's just a matter if the Jets are forward-thinking enough to hire a guy like this that three years down the line right now, 
it's probably going to be a situation where people will say, how did the NFL take so long to get this guy there? And one of those things is, are the Jets ready to be a team to roll the dice, step up to the plate, and swing for the fences for once? You want to talk about rolling the dice and swinging for the fences? I think you know where I'm going with this. But there's one candidate who would be the ultimate swing for the fences, the ultimate roll of the dice, the ultimate risk. And that, of course, is Cliff Kingsbury, who is the former head coach at Texas Tech. He was relieved of his duties, and he had a losing record as the head coach at Texas Tech. So people will look at that and say, well, why would you want to hire somebody at the NFL level who got fired from a college job and had a losing record? But... Kingsbury is somebody who has had some dynamic offenses at Texas Tech. You look at him as a brilliant offensive mind and somebody who's probably going to have an offensive coordinator job for a year and then move on to a head coaching job if he doesn't get one now. So what do you think about the idea of bringing in Kingsbury, who's obviously a risk because of the problems he had at the collegiate level, the inability to build defenses, the overall lack of a track record in the NFL, but somebody who's super exciting, thinking about what he could do with Sam Darnold and the rest of this Jets offense. The best way I could put this is, our friend Drew from Jersey said, this would be one of those deals where if Cliff Kingsbury was the head coach, one of the downsides would be you'd have to buy a lot of clean underwear. So tell me a little <laughs> bit about what you think about Cliff Kingsbury. Is it a risk you would take? And do you think that people are making a little bit too much out of his record as the head coach at Texas Tech? Well, there's something biblical about bringing the air raid offense to the New York Jets. When you talk about Cliff Kingsbury, I think it would be a lot of fun, and it would be a really nice fit for Sam Darnold. And I do think people are making, you know, listen, this is what surface-level analysts do. Guys that, and I know they don't because they're in New York City, and a lot of people don't cover college football year-round from New York City. They Google the guy, and they look up his record and then they draw a conclusion. And that's a problem that I have was you take Cliff Kingsbury and you you really undervalue all the accolades that he's had on the offensive side of the ball. And where is the league going right now, Scott? The league is entirely geared towards the offensive side of the football. Every single penalty is against the defense. Everything is about scoring points. And I know that sounds ridiculously cliche and almost too simple at times, but now more than ever, you look at what the Bears have done with Matt Nagy, their ability to get that offense going. Obviously, the Chiefs of Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid, the Rams. The 49ers have caught bad luck, but Kyle Shanahan coached an offense in Atlanta that went to the Super Bowl. So when you look at and look at what that Atlanta franchise has done since he's left, it, right now it's, it's about guys that can call plays. And Cliff Kingsbury is one of the best coaches at any level of football across the United States at calling plays. And this doesn't even just start at Texas Tech. This is the guy at Houston that was calling those plays for Case Keenum when Case Keenum had it was a shattering year. I mean, I think he threw for like 48 touchdowns and only five interceptions at Houston. When you look at Kingsbury, what he's done and who he's worked under, whether it was originally Dana Holgerson or then eventually Kevin Sumlin, and being one of the, if not the best offensive coordinator in the country, whether it was for Houston or then Texas A&M, and then getting, obviously, his own gig at Texas Tech, his alma mater, for five years, where it didn't end the best. But anybody that knows college football, it's not easy to win at Texas Tech. You're in the state of Texas, and you're recruiting against all these schools, whether it's A&M, the Longhorns, LSU, and all those SEC schools. They pull out of the state of Texas all the damn time. So, 
when it comes down to it for me, don't look at the record with Kingsbury. Look at what can he offer to this football team. And if you're a Jets fan right now, you're sitting there wondering and you're saying, what do we need to do to set up Sam Donald, a guy that we just invested, not just the third overall pick, but you moved up from six. You gave up three second-round picks. You really invested a lot of the franchise into this guy. What is the hire that takes him over the top? And that answer might be Cliff Kingsbury. Now, the biggest question surrounding him, and this is it's not the Texas Tech record, it's not you know all of that nonsense. It, really what it comes down to is, can you find a defensive coordinator like the Rams were able to do for Sean McVay that becomes the head coach of the defense? And I think some guys will really jump at that opportunity. I think if Chris Richard doesn't get a job, it's going to be very interesting to see if he wants to take a bump up from you know the DB's coach from the Cowboys and be a defensive coordinator somewhere for a year before he does get that head coaching opportunity. Does Greg, as crazy as he is, does Greg Williams shake free from Cleveland? Greg Williams is a good defensive coordinator, always has been. But the question is, you know, is he going to stay in Cleveland or is he going to want out if he doesn't get that head coaching job? And would he come to a place where he really has the final say in everything defense? Cliff Kingsbury is not going to be worried about the defense if he comes here. And if you heard Jamal Adams, he said, we don't care about that. Scores points, we'll take care of the rest. So when it comes down to it, I think Cliff Kingsbury is, without a doubt, an insanely risky roll of the dice higher. But if you're the New York Jets and you're sitting there and you're going through the Mike McCarthy's, Adam Gase, Jim Caldwell's of the world, it just screams seven and nine over and over again. And if you're not stepping up to the plate and trying to hit a home run, what are you playing the game for? The point of the NFL is to win Super Bowls or at least make the playoffs and be a competitive team in a division that finally might be wide open in the next couple of years with how things are starting to trend. So I just think the Jets need to get away from thinking of the safe. And the biggest bullshit phrase going around is an experienced coach. Just because you've stood on the sidelines and been the head coach before doesn't mean that you're a good, qualified head coach just because you have experience. There's a lot of people in the world that have worked jobs and have experience, but they aren't anymore because they weren't good at them. So when it comes down to it, this is one of those times where I would go the college route. I would look at a Matt Rule. I would look at a Cliff Kingsbury and say, listen, the, the ceiling with these guys is limitless. Why don't we take the chance for once? you got to bet big to win big, right? That's it, Exactly. Exactly. And it's just the Jets never really seem to want to do that when they go into these head coaching hires. So I, I just it's really hard for me to look at a, a retread kind of coach and say, yeah, that's what will take them over the top. Hey, guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, tune in, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. You take a look at a guy like Cliff Kingsbury, and I'm reminded of a story that Diamond Dallas Page, the former WCW champion and current DDP yoga entrepreneur. The yoga master. That that is correct. That is correct. A great program, by the way. I recommend it for anybody who's looking for a workout that is very intense and also not super stressful on the joints. 
But he was telling a story about how when he was in WCW, he was content to be in the mid-card, making pretty good money, being on TV, and he was talking to his mentor, who is the late American Dream Dusty Rhodes, one of the biggest stars of all time, and Dusty said something to him about aiming for the world title, and DDP said, ah, that's not really my lot in life, I'm kind of the mid-carder, I'm the guy that goes along to get along. And Dusty Rhodes looked at him, and forgive me if my impression isn't as good as some others, but he said, baby, if you ain't aiming for the world championship, then what is you doing here? And that's kind of the way that I look at it with the Jets in this coaching search, too. Like you said, Connor, if you're not going to try and take a home run swing and get to that next level, what is the point? If you want to be stuck on 7-9, and 8-8, 9-7 and seven forever, fine. But if you really want to break through, you got to look for that next big guy. And to me, it's worth rolling the dice on a guy like Cliff Kingsbury. Or at the very least, maybe a slightly less risky guy like the next guy I want to bring up, which is Todd Monken. Now, the interesting thing to me, Connor, about Monken is not only does he have a track record as an offensive coordinator in the NFL, but he's the only guy in this list that has coordinator experience and has been a head coach in college. Three years at Southern Miss And it was kind of like Matt Rule. He came into a very difficult situation and turned things around. What have you seen from Todd Monken at the college ranks and as a coordinator at the NFL level that would make you think he could be a successful head coach in the NFL? Well, I think he's another guy that falls into the category of just being a superb play caller. I mean, the guy understands how to get yards and get points and get the most out of his quarterback in an efficient way. I believe... uh, I believe Munkin might have even been there when Nick Mullins was there. I'll have he to double-check that, that timeline pattern. And, and when you look at Mullins, I know it, for the NFL fans, it's like, where the hell did this guy come from? But he had a fantastic college career. So and when you look at Munkin, he doesn't really get the love that he deserves because of the situation he's been put in at Tampa Bay working under Dirk Cutter. Kurt, Cutter is somebody that would randomly pull play-calling responsibilities from him at times when the offense was having success. Everybody down in Tampa Bay uh, loves him. The players, I know, he, he just has such good relationships with players that they really, really gravitate to this guy. He's not somebody where you look at him and say, oh, he's 52, he's an older guy, he doesn't get the players, he's not really that fun. It couldn't be farther from the truth. He, he's got a ton of flair. He's an exciting guy. We talk about guys turning around programs. Once again, he took over a Southern Miss program that was abysmal, abysmal when he took it over. That first year he was there, you know, they always say the first year, you don't have your players, you're getting settled in, it's a kind of a mess, guys are checked out. They went 1-11. His last year there, just two years after that, 9-5. and five. And I think, and we're in the bowl game. So, and then Munkin left for the NFL. Is he, He's striving for more. He took over the offensive coordinator job in Tampa. I thought that, you know, they probably thought he was the guy to put Jameis Winston over the top. Now, Jameis Winston is somebody that can never stay out of his own damn way. But when it comes down to it, Munkin is an established play caller and somebody that really fits into a locker room would be really, really good uh, for Sam Darnold. I, I think that's another thing here. So if you go the route, and, and I'd be, and Munkin seems like a long shot to get a head coach job, although I feel it's unfair that he is. I think he really does deserve one. He's going to be one of the most desirable offensive coordinators on this market. And if you go get a guy like Matt Rule or like Chris Richard, this should be the guy you should be backing up the Brinks truck for to run the offense with Sam Darnold. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I'm really sold on Monk, and I think he would be an outstanding candidate. And I think if you're afraid to take that risk with Cliff Kingsbury, then Monken might be a guy who is very creative like Kingsbury, but not quite as risky. I don't know that he has the ceiling that Kingsbury does, but I think he'd be a very solid choice. And you brought up some excellent points about his tenure at Southern Miss, and we're going to explore that further in future podcasts. Connor, are there any other candidates that nobody's talking about that you think would either be a good fit for the Jets or somebody that you think that they might actually reach out to? No, I think they have their list established. I think the one that's not really publicly out there is is Matt Rule, and I think he's going to have the chance to interview with them if he wants it when it comes down to it. It's a matter of if he accepts it, which I, I do think he will. And, and I think the Jets are going to have to come to a decision and be like do and decide if they want to be a team that's ready to be forward thinking and roll the dice and maybe get a younger guy in here or get a guy that really understands offense in here, are they going to do the same thing that a lot of teams make the mistake of doing and they go with a guy like Mike McCarthy or like an Adam Gase here? And at least Gase, when you look at it, maybe he learns from his mistakes and does get better as a younger guy. With McCarthy, the upside just seems so minimal with that kind of hire. So, I do think the Jets have established a very, very nice, promising interview list. Eric Enemy is somebody that, you know, it really deserved to get interviews this year. It's a matter of how much is he doing in Kansas City, but he's been up coaching football for the last two decades. He's been done a very good job pretty much wherever he goes. So they got that interview wrapped up and, and, you know, a couple more that obviously all the guys that we talked about on the show today, I think that'll be the conclusion of their list. And I don't think we'll really hear who will be coming back for a second interview or who will be the favorite for at least another about, you know, nine or ten days right now. Going to be a fascinating search, Connor. I'm really looking forward to talking to you more about it as it unfolds. Whoever it is they go for, you got to hope they get it right. But I will say, even though this is something where they have to be very careful, I personally think that they're better off taking a big swing rather than playing it super safe for all the reasons that we talked about. And hopefully they keep that in mind. I would love to see them think outside the box and hire somebody that they're not expecting, whether that is Matt Rule or Kingsbury or Monken or somebody like that. As long as it's not a paint-by-numbers candidate, I think, Connor, you and I would agree that would be the worst direction that they could go in, right? Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. So, Connor, before we go, when are you bringing back Stick to the Jets, man? I missed my fix. Uh, well, I think we're going to be in full swing now. Now that it's the offseason, we had a little teaser episode, uh, you know, not too long ago. Uh, and I think it'll be pretty much weekly going forward now that I'm, I'm officially back from vacation and not going to take one until well after the draft. So, yeah, it'll be pretty much weekly going forward starting next week. Really excited. Going to have on a ton of guests, probably do – you know, my own full coaching recap here and stay on top of all these interviews in the process. And then it'll basically be entirely dedicated to free agency in the draft. Connor, I can't imagine that anybody listening to this wouldn't know where to find you or your work. But in case there's one person out there who's unaware, where could they find you and where can they get your work? Yeah, the easiest is at Connor J. Rogers on Twitter. And then, of course, at Bleacher Report, Stick to Football. We, we got three shows a week right now. Finally home. For a couple of weeks here, it was a long college football road uh, season on the road. And then, you know, Senior Bowl will be there, two live shows, a live show at the NFL Combine, coverage of the NFL Draft all week. And the offseason coverage of free agency in the draft never really stops for us. So stick to football, Bleacher Report, stick to the Jets on the Turn on the Jets Network. 
it's going to be, it's my favorite time of the year. People always say, oh, I think slowing down for you now. And it's like, no, this is when they speed up. So the off season is the real season, Scott. I'm 100% with you, especially, unfortunately, as a Jets fan. The offseason off tends to be a lot more interesting than the regular season. So we're going to see what they do with this head coaching search. Then we're going to move on to free agency and then the draft. A lot happening. I'm really excited that you're bringing Stick to the Jets back. I can't wait to listen to it. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe to Connor's podcast and all of our podcasts that turn on the Jets digital. And for all the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. It's Turn on the Jets digital and turn on the Jets.com.